live at the Thomas and Mac, it's Cofield and Company. William Smith puts it up, no good. Loose ball in the corner, and the Rebels win the game! The Rebels win the game in overtime, 69 to 67. What a performance by this undermanned running Rebel team. 69-67. Boy, the running Rebels beat Reno in overtime. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. March Madness is here. Started over the weekend. That was pretty maddening for the Wolfpack fans. UNLV goes on the road when Rebels win. Sweep the season series against Nevada to uh, at least rebound at the end of the season. It was feeling pretty bad after that Utah State game middle of last week when they lost 91-66. So March Madness is officially here, especially the madness of Vegas. We are camped out all week at the Thomas and Mac, but we'll get reports from all the different venues around the city, including the Orleans with the WCC semis and finals. On the way, the Pac-12 tournament, Big West, whack. So you know how crazy it is here. And then we've got the first week of the NCAA tournament. We don't have it here, but it's our tournament, basically. Everyone comes to Vegas to go in all the ballrooms and parties around Vegas and you know bet the games and sit there and watch all day long from seemingly 9A to 11P. And then we do have a regional here. So we are the home of the NCAA tournament. Very cool, very cool. We'll have all the Mountain West Conference action here from the Thomas and Mac and give you an update on what's going on. It's women's basketball today. Uh, Lady Rebels come out and win. We're going to talk to Lindy LaRock in just a little bit. But big football day as well as one of the uh, first big shoes to drop is Derek Carr's decision. Who dat? He tweeted out a little earlier. So the the X is landing in New Orleans. We'll get to that in due time. And then within the last hour, one of the guys we think they want to keep, but running backs are a real interesting quandary now around the National Football League. They're stud running back. Josh Jacobs. Adam Hill is here. So, Jacobs is now officially tagged? Well, yeah. They've been, he's been informed he's going to be tagged. I mean, there, there's a whole process that goes on. But uh, we know that he's going to have the franchise tag by the deadline of 4 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, that is going to happen. That was expected in, in the sense of if they couldn't come to a deal, they had basically said publicly they would give him the tag. And Josh Jacobs famously said... Uh, to I believe it was my question, hero turned villain if they were to put the tag on him, which means he is not happy. <laughs> he may not uh, be you know, a very uh, excited person for some of the offseason stuff, and maybe he doesn't play com- this coming season. But this is not the end. They do essentially by putting the tag on him, they give themselves more time. They give themselves till July to work out a deal long term. So the deadline of trying to come to a deal is just extended a couple of months. From your sources, how hard did they work on a deal before this? They've been they've been going at it. Yeah, but it's a it's a really complicated deal because Josh Jacobs deserves it, and the Raiders shouldn't pay it. And those two things are true. Adam, pick a side. Which side are you on? They're both true, and that's you why I pick a side, man. That's why this you deal pick, becomes. I'm going the other way. Let's okay. do. It. Let's embrace debate. Where are you going? That's why this deal becomes very difficult. Uh. I love Josh Jacobs. Okay, so you're going pro Jacobs. I wouldn't pay it. That's not a decision or a direction. The direction is I wouldn't do it if I was the Raiders. I wouldn't sign him to a long-term guaranteed contract. It just wouldn't okay, happen. Now I'm on Jacobs' side then. 
Okay, well, so I kind of do, but look, he deserves it. Like, that, he does. The bottom line is he has done everything you possibly can ask of a running back. He's been great in the locker Yes, I, I understand. He got in trouble off, off the field uh, last year, but he's done everything on the field you could possibly ask of him. He's been great in the locker room. He's loved by his teammates. He shows up every day. He plays through injury, all of those things. He's done every, anything you could possibly ask of a football player in the building he has done. But you can't, play, you can't pay running backs. You can't. So, like, that's why this becomes such a very difficult deal. And clearly the Raiders messed this up because they should have they should have picked up his fifth-year option and they, they would have had another year to make this decision and probably would be even less likely to make a long-term deal next year. I believe firmly that something has to be done about paying running backs better and quicker under the, under the, under the CBA. But that's not the case right now. So you have to make that decision, and the Raiders are in a really, really tough spot. They want to keep him around. They want to pay him, but they don't want to guarantee anything long-term, and Josh Jacobs needs to get guaranteed long-term because running backs break down very quickly. This, this whole thing sucks. You're very torn. I am. I feel bad for you. But Normally you know, I would choose to uh, pick, at, pick at your wound, do a body splash from the top rope, but I'll wait. Okay. I'll wait because we got basketball going on, but that's gigantic news. Derek Carr going eventually – to New Orleans, that's where he picked. That's coming up as well. Uh, Lady Rebels basketball, a big story in town. They came into the tournament 28-2, and 18-0 in the regular season. Dominant, dominant regular season. And yet they may be playing for their lives in the NCAA tournament. And they came out and sent a message today because I don't know if they're going to get the automatic qualifier if they don't win the tournament. We're going to talk to Linda Rock in a little bit, and we'll get her opinion on at-large possibilities. I'm sure they don't even want to have to entertain that right now. But today... They got off to a little bit of a slow start. Through like two minutes, it was 8-2. They then ripped off a 45-15 run. It was 47-23 at the half. They won 84-247. And uh, I guess a uh, nice treat on top. They had just beaten Reno up there. So between the men and the women, they take out the Wolfpack in basketball three times in the last six days. So nice effort today and a good team effort too because Desiree Young didn't have her typical – you know, 17 and 12, but others picked up for her, and they shot the hell out of the three ball. Yeah, and I thought a lot of the reason that they were able to shoot well on the three ball was that there was so much attention in the lane, uh, and I think the, the Lady Rebels, one of their strengths is that they can do that and say, all right, you're going to take that away, then we'll do this. You're going to take that away, then we'll do this. And and I thought really importantly, uh, and obviously we can uh, we can ask Lindy's thoughts on, on it too, but I thought – to show a killer instinct and to say we're not going to mess around. Like you're going to have, you're going to have postseason games where it's a battle and it's a fight and anything can happen. So the less of those that you have, because we, it's it's weird. We talk about those being coin flips, right? I know a lot of people like to say it's not, and you, there's a way to come out and find a way to win those. But for the most part, tough games, close games are coin flips late in the game. A call, a fluky play can go against you, and the less coin flips you have to be involved in, the better your chances are of making deeper runs. And so I think. To just put this team away and say we're not messing around, going to go in by 40, I think that was a very uh, very important thing for this team. As I mentioned, the runner Rebels on Saturday, just uh, inexplicable how they got that game because of the way it set up and the way it was going down through 38 minutes. They wound up winning in overtime, but they were down 54-46 with two minutes left. Keyshawn Gilbert, I don't know what he was doing, but he kind of ducked his head into an opposing player, and uh, it was called a headbutt by the officials. I don't think it was like, you know, a true – who do you want to name? Uh, you know, Georgie Animal Steel headbutt. 
uh, where you're knocking someone out. But he well, kind of did. To be he fair, kinda, he kind of moved his head forward. He kind of dipped it in and moved it forward. To be fair, after he did it, he did go to eat a turnbuckle. Yes, yeah, he did. So, I mean, it was <laughs> at that point they were like, okay, now he's enjoying this too much. Yeah. There was the, the cleanup crew came out. There was just a cushion and cotton all over the floor. It was just a, it was a mess. Turnbuckles ripped apart. George Hano's still definitely dead, right? Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe has to be. He looked like he was about 65 years old in his prime in the mid-80s. Yeah, so Keyshawn Gilbert uh, booted from the game. Cam Burrist, walk-on, played 11 minutes. And actually played really well. In the end, wound up grabbing the uh, final rebound of the game. They go to overtime. Right, They were down eight with two minutes left in regulation. They go on an eight-nothing run after they really hadn't shot the three ball well. They defend on the final possession against Keenan Blackshear, the best player for Nevada. They go to overtime, and all of a sudden, it's like the best player on the floor was Jackie Johnson, who had a period of time during this year with UNLV where he didn't play. But he comes out. For some reason, Steve Offer decided to put Trey Coleman on him, and Trey Coleman's really good, but he's 6'7". So 5'11 against 6'7". Jackie's like, let me get downhill. A couple lefty layups. Hit a three. And just, they just pulled up from 35 I mean, the three was a freaking bomb. And they just played really good defense down the stretch. Keenan Blackshear was uh, held down by not only Shane Noel, but the other guy that was key coming back was Luis Rodriguez, who hasn't been healthy the last few weeks, has had a you know repeated groin issue. And, man, he made a great play at the end of regulation, too, or near the end of regulation where he got a loose ball with about 20 seconds left and then beat everyone down the floor for a, a high-flying layup on the left side of the rim. So they wound up winning. And at least they have some positive vibes going to the tournament. They've got a lot to clean up. They've got to get a lot better um, offensively and just get stronger around the 10. But at least they can feel good about the end of the season and, and taking out a pretty good Nevada team, maybe out of the tournament. Yeah. They might have knocked them out of the freaking NCAA tournament. So they might have cost themselves money by, by beating a team. Oh, which, they do, but I, I, don't, uh, I don't think anyone processes that. No, and I, good I think, of the conference. And I think in addition to building some momentum and having some positive feelings going into the tournament, I think, you know, it, there is something about having complete domination and ownership of a rival, and that's what it's been. And they, they have dominated that team. And for whatever reason, uh, that it's a good matchup for them, and uh, Kruger has owned Alford, which is a good thing. As you mentioned, the payouts from the NCAA tournament, that helps the conference. In the end, that can help UNLV. The bracketology sitch now with the men's tournament starting up on Wednesday here at the Thomas & Mac. San Diego State is projected as a six. Boise, who got handled pretty easily by Utah State on Saturday in Logan. The Broncos are a nine. Last four in. That means a play-in game in Dayton. Nevada's in that group. Last four out, Utah State still out. So there is a chance that the Mountain West could go from being hopeful to get five to having two in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, there's a chance. I, I fully believe somebody else is winning this week, but, uh, yeah, it's possible. Winning what? Like somebody outside the top two is going to win the tournament. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I want to talk about the odds later with uh, John Von Tobel. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Um, I do know this, the way it's shaping up. Last four buys, Pittsburgh, NC State, Auburn, and my school, Rutgers. Um, more than a few of them are leaking oil. Yeah. I'd rather see, well, I hate to say this, I'd rather see a Mountain West Conference team get in <laughs> than some Power 5 school that's, you know, foundering down the stretch. I think a, a Power 5 school that's floundering uh, during conference play probably should get in. You're just picking the fight. I just think, well, I just think one in Ann Arbor. Like, you know, oh, probably, yeah. Well, uh, are they last four out? 
No, they're, according they're, to Lorani, I think they're next four. They're next four out, yeah. so they're they're really like a five or six out. we got some work to do. There's a very, very big first-round game in the Big Ten tournament for sure. Yes. The yes. winner, I think the loser's out between Michigan and Rutgers. They probably should be. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's been putrid. And Michigan's just been really inconsistent, although they've, they've dominated that series, so. Yeah, I mean, and then you start looking at comparing Nevada and Utah State to some of the teams around them. Like I just mentioned, some power fives around them. The first four out are Clemson, Oklahoma State, Arizona State. Next four, Michigan, North Carolina, Vandy, Oregon. And Mountain West Conference teams are in that mix. Good luck. Blind resume. (laughs) They do not look at the name of the school. Sure they don't. Blind resume. On the way back, let's talk a little Derek Carr in this hour. He has picked the Saints. Uh, The deal is really fascinating. And, hey, Derek Carr wanted a stable coach. An owner situation and a championship team. The Saints, huh? The Saints. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Pace is picked up. No! She and Alyssa Brown has done that twice. Again, that's the length coming in from behind. And if you don't know she's there, watch this. Ormiston does a really good job. And then Alyssa Brown with the quick swat from behind. It's Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mac. Mountain West Network on the call there as the Lady Rebels win 84 to 47 against the pack uh blocks for the game six three by Alyssa brown she's been on a block frenzy of late so number one seed advances to the semifinals lindy larock is here with us adam hill as well as we're on the concourse of the thomas and mac next up is san diego state or new mexico new mexico is leading 37 31 right now at the half so first of all congrats the first game is never easy yeah thank you um yeah you know just first game of the tournament uh, i think we had a little jitters at the beginning and uh, once we got settled in, obviously we got to a groove and uh, played really well. So uh, happy with our performance, and we'll be ready for tomorrow. W- were you happy? You didn't look happy at the end of the game. <laughs> it was like, on to the next one already? Yes. Yeah. Should be. No, no, I, I'm, I'm really happy. Really happy for our team. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, it's just one game, and we know we want to get three. So, um, you know, I thought, again, a great performance, and, you know, we, we owed them a little bit, and, and we gave it to them. It's kind of the attitude with this team, and it comes from you. It's it's a very calm, even-keeled team most of the time. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but on the court, most of the players kind of keep their cool, and they don't get overly excited when things are going really well because they know there's a mission at hand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do believe, you know, teams can more often than not take the demeanor of their head coach, and, I mean, that's just kind of who I am, and I think we have ex- high expectations for our group, and they have them for each other. Um, and, you know, especially, like, the biggest thing is um, – you know, we're not surprised with what we're doing because we expect to. And so um, we, we, we definitely want to celebrate all of our little victories and, and all of the little things. Um, but we're not going to get kind of too high or too low because, uh, you know, we got more to do. How, how difficult is it to, to keep that attitude? Like you see teams all the time. Nobody believed in us. Nobody believed in us. And everybody wants to chip on their shoulder. Like you guys can't really do that. You, you swept through the league. So how difficult is it to come in and actually live up to expectations when anything short of just crushing everyone is really a letdown for some people? Well, I think, you know, uh, I, I, it was difficult in the regular season, you know, especially once we kind of con- clinched the, 
the title, um, it was difficult. And I think we felt that in the last, you know, three or four games once we had already kind of had, you know, the championship under our belt. I think the tournament is different because, um, you know, I told the team, like, we've been the hunted all year long, um, being the team that everyone wants to beat. Well, now we have an opportunity to be the hunters again because uh, we're hunting a championship, a trophy, not, not whoever we're playing. They're just going to be in our way. We're, we're, we're hunting a championship. So I, I think we've kind of, you know, that, that's our mindset. Along those lines, how, how important was it for you to see your team kind of struggle a little bit early? Reno made some shots. I thought some, some were difficult shots. And when they got the lead, you guys just put your foot on the gas pedal and just ran them out. How important was it for you to see that kind of attitude of, like, let's just finish it right now? Yeah. You know, again, I, I like – maybe not our best start but for the tournament it, it's okay I wasn't worried that yeah Reno made a couple of shots and um you know we that first media timeout we just kind of like looked at each other like all right we're good like let's settle down let's like you know really focus in on the defensive end um and we knew kind of offensively we could get going and um like you said once we really got in that rhythm it was like all right you know all gas we're not looking back I, th I think I looked up and I said they're playing really well right now oh, they're they're 14 like where did that come from like all of a sudden just out of nowhere so I mean that was a really good run uh, early on you guys are waiting for tomorrow as you said there's another game you can turn it right around what is this kind of scouting process like when you said, okay, we have to scout two different teams right now. We don't know who's going to win this. So you're kind of watching two different teams. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, you know, we, we've got such great assistant coaches. Um, you know, they each, they, you know, throughout the year, obviously, they scout our opponents. And so, um, you know, one assistant, Carly's got uh, San Diego State and Mia's got um, New Mexico. So they're down there watching. After I get off with you guys, I'm going to go and take the team back to the hotel so we can rest and watch the second half at the hotel. Um, but you know, uh, we'll be prepared and ready. Obviously, it's a quick turnaround. We played San Diego State pretty recently, so, you know, we can draw upon that. It's been a little while since we played New Mexico, but, you know, playing earlier today and then later, like, we'll have a shoot-around and, and some time on the court to um, do some things to, to help us prepare for tomorrow night. 29 wins. 29 wins on the season, but the uh, the goals were still in front of Linda Rock and the rest of the Lady Rebels. 84-47 today, big win over Reno. Uh, there were a couple small moments in the game. I just, you know, I know I'll notice stuff and I just wanted to ask you about it. Just the fire you showed, and you might not even remember the moment, but you guys are up 24, it's at the end of the half and you guys force a five second violation. Like the game's, you know, the game's pretty well in hand, but you're still out there like all fired up. Why do yeah. those moments matter? Well, you know, like I, I kind of am who I am. And <laughs> so, you know, I coach our, our best player and the 11th player the same. And that's kind of just, you know, I, I, for the most part, I, I coach the same in a, in a two-point game, in a 20-point game, in a 40-point game. Um, and, you know, we have great talent on our team, and I, and I was so excited to be able to get a lot of people playing time. Everyone scored. How cool is that? Everyone that, that, that we have healthy that was able to get on the court scored. And so, you know, they, they practice really hard. So they deserve the same out of me that the first five does. And, um, you know, when they do the right thing, I get really freaking pumped up for it. Early in the third and the second half, I noticed a moment where uh, Essence Booker drives baseline. She tries to throw some kind of pass inside. It, you know, it's on the ground. It's a scramble. Winfrey's on the ground. And I, I see Essence up 23 and her head's down. And you're like, I saw you just staring at her. And then finally she looked up and you said something to her. Like, it's that constant reminder. Like, you know. You're fine. Right. You're fine. You know. She's so um, competitive and, and she'll get down on herself sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, th that's what a leader, you know, she, that's like kind of the blessing and the curse of a leader. If she wants to do this, the right thing, uh, make her teammates look good, uh, you know, so much that sometimes she kind of like beats herself up a little bit. Um, but that's why I'm there to be like, all right, cool. Like, next play. 
you know, yeah, did I want you to turn the ball over? No, but you did, so, like, go get it back. Three-point shooting in the game was awesome. Um, was it shooting or passing? Because you guys wound up with, I think it was uh, 24 assists on 35 baskets. Yeah, um, I thought both were obviously really good. I mean, um, you know, our, our passing was elite today, and, and that's kind of what the game required. They were, you know, overhelping and, and double-teaming. You know, Desi didn't have, like, her stat game, but if she's not out there, they don't have to double-team. And, you know, I think people that know basketball see that. But, um, you know, and that's where a lot of the extra passes. Uh, and, and I thought we shared the ball really well. And good passing leads to good shot opportunities. And, you know, when shooters are in rhythm, you know, it, it's it's fun. And, and we had a, a lot of them go down today. So that was, we like that. How, how much do you think this, the opportunity last year to go play in the NTA tournament and experience, it was a great game. You guys, you know, hard fought. But how much did you guys learn from, losing and seeing a season end like that to carry over in the tournament play this year yeah i think you know that's probably the experience that we're, we're drawn upon um you know we're not looking forward or, or past anything but the next game um uh, but the, our team is really uh experienced and you know every game is going to call for something different tomorrow it's going to be something different i don't know what it is but <laughs> it's going to be someone it's going to be something we're going to have to do something different uh to to win the game and you know as a coach it's just great to have such a toolbox that i do of you know i've got a lot of people out there that i can that i can put out there that that are confident and can go out there and execute lady rebels win by 37 how much do you and the players get motivated by postseason awards and maybe perceived snubs? Desiree Young doesn't get player of the year, even though most of her numbers or metrics were better than a year ago. Do you guys talk about it? Is she extra fired up? Or is it just like, hey, we can't control that? Um, well, you know, our, our collective kind of just thought on the awards is that no one wins anything unless we have a good team. You know, uh, and even coach of the year for me, like I've got the team of the year. If they, if they could give that award, that's the one you want to win. And, right. and we've got the team of the year. Uh, we've got all conference players, you know, six women of the year. Um, you know, and if, if, we, if we weren't winning, everyone would give that back to win. Um, and so those things kind of go hand in hand. Um, you know, and, and Desi, I, I think, you know, with the player of the year stuff, you know, McKinnish Hofschild, she's a great player. Obviously, we think Desi was very deserving. It is voted on by the coaches. So, you know, those, those I, I couldn't vote for her. Um, so I didn't, but um, I think the people that are, are most kind of ticked maybe are our team, you know, because they know, um, you know, Desi was pretty quiet about it, which uh, might be scary. <laughs> when, you're, when you have to vote for somebody else, are you are you actually trying to vote, or do you find like the eighth player from some other team and say, let's give them a vote no. to try to pull the other points down? I have I have I have two straight of a moral compass to be able to uh, do something like that, and I don't know if other coaches do, but um, you know I voted for McKenna and she got it, so you know, good for her. What's the general scout on first New Mexico if you have to play New Mexico? You know, it's been a minute since we've played them, but, I mean, prolific three-point shooting team. So, you know, they kind of play a five-out offense, so we're going to have to guard the three-point line. Um, and we know that we have an advantage inside. You know, every game against them, we really attack the paint, throw it inside to Desi, and she's had some of our best games against them. So, uh, you know, if that's who we see, then, I, you know, that that's what we're going to have to do to execute. I got to do TV for the San Diego State game, and, Man, they're loaded. They got a lot of talent, and they're willing to step up and kind of belt you guys in the mouth if they need to. That was a that last meeting was a really physical game, inside and out. Yeah, uh, I mean, you said it. I think you know, other than 
our own team, I, I think they have the next most talent on the, on you know in the league of just players that can go and make plays, uh, experience. They have a lot of fifth year players, um, and and they're really dangerous. Uh, or you know, I think at the time, and they probably still are the best defensive team in the league. So that's kind of what they hang their hat on. Uh, but then they have a lot of people that can score. So. You know, we'll, we'll see how the second half goes. And I've completely blanked on who, who was their player, their three-point shooter who went off in the first half was like Staples. Five. Yeah, Mercedes Staples. Holy crap! She's, I mean, she's a natural shooter. But yeah, uh, I will really tell you, shoot. Adam, when uh, when when you gave the job to uh, Justice to go lock her down, I don't even know if she she might have touched the ball five times in the second half. Yeah, Justice uh, has a has a way of doing that. <laughs> so another thing to address, and we're talking to Lindy LaRock. We'll we'll wrap it up here after a thirty-seven point win because I know you want to go watch the the second half of this game. Um, you want to win the tournament. You want to get the automatic qualifier. I'm sure you've thought about it. If you don't, yeah. what is the at-large situation? Because I'm looking at the net. It doesn't really change. You're sitting at 51 today. There are there are a good number of mid-majors that are ahead of you. You guys are ranked. But if you go 18-0 and in a conference and you happen to lose in the semis of the finals, are they, are they serious here? Are you at risk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if we don't win the tournament, uh, we aren't getting a bid. Unfortunately, I don't agree with it. I think we're very deserving. Um, but, you know, just historically, that's that's what the committee and, and the selection people have done. And so, you know, we don't want to leave that in their hands at all. I mean, if, if you know, it were to come to that and we'd get an at-large, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. Uh, again, which is unfortunate, um, but that just is, is kind of, you know, the way it is. But I think even this year, yeah, you know, we had a great year, but I think our conference is continuing to get better. So, you know, as the league gets better, then we can continue to push for, for more than one bid regardless. Um, but, you know, we, we, we want to control our own destiny. Folks, 6 o'clock tomorrow, right? 6 o'clock? 5 o'clock. Ooh, check that. 5 o'clock. Yep. 5 o'clock tomorrow. Yep. Leave work was, early, I, little happy I was looking hour. At their website. Come on, Pacific time, Mountain yeah. West Conference. Uh, five o'clock, go ahead and say it. Leave, leave work early. Yeah, we'll leave work early, a little happy hour, get over here to the game and uh, cheer on your Lady Rebels. And, uh, you know, we, we need everyone's support. UNLVTickets.com is where we can get the tickets. And uh, it's quite a show. If you haven't come to uh, see Lenny Rock's team, it's uh, an aggressive team. They play fast, they shoot. Uh, super mature team, a lot of fun. And so 84 far, 84 points, been, that's not yeah, too bad. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. I mean, Especially you're up big at the half. You could have taken your uh, could have taken your feet off the gas pedal, but you did not. So, congrats, and we'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks, guys. There thanks you go, for Linda, me. Linda LaRock, uh, UNLVTickets.com again tomorrow. Five o'clock semifinals against New Mexico or San Diego State. And you heard it from the coach: win and get in. Otherwise, we'll see. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. You're talking about two second-year players that are dynamic wide receivers. They're going to have a guy who's going to be invested, who's going to be there, who knows how to win. Look, I don't care what you say about Derek Carr. He knows how to win. And he has the support of a very good defense now and a head coach who's familiar with him from his days with the Raiders when he was there, Dennis Allen. I love the fit. He's the best quarterback in the division already. It's Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mack. New Mexico leading 47-43 against San Diego State. Four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Winner will take on UNLV tomorrow at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock. We had uh, tweeted out earlier. I actually just said 6 o'clock, but uh, Mountain West side had it right. I was looking at uh, Wiki, had it at uh, 6 o'clock. But 5 o'clock local is very important. Don't show up at halftime. 5 o'clock, and uh, they need a much bigger crowd than they had today. Support was pretty 
decent today, but remember there were uh, 2,500 to 4,000 people at a lot, well, 3,500, at a lot of the uh, games at Cox Pavilion. So turn up. You just heard it, right? Were you a little shocked by what Lindy LaRock just said about the tournament, about the NCAA tournament? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think she's wrong, but, yeah. I mean, I, you, think I, she, be, you think they're going to get – if they lose in the semis, they're going to get an I think bit. that well, – I, I was thinking finals, but, yeah, it's – Okay. I, I think if they make the finals, they're – Okay. It's going to be a tough game tomorrow. Well, San Diego State. It's going to be tough to look at a team with 30 wins and not put them in, a team that had 21 straight victories. I mean, she – is that like a reverse way of saying – you mothers better put us in. Yeah, I think it's a. It's also motivational, and yeah. you want to play in the tournament. You better win this thing. So don't, yeah. Don't let your players believe that there's any margin for error. Sure. But we'll see. It's not going to be easy the next two games. Like I said, I watching San Diego State, whatever it was, two weeks ago, ten days ago. Man, they're they're good. They're big. They can shoot. They're mean. But so are the Lady Rebels. And good effort today. They won by. 37. You hear Lou Riddick from uh, ESPN on the way back. Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint or a Saints, um, a member of the organization now, the quarterback for the Saints. Tweeted out, who dat today? Deal looks like it is a total of what? 90 mil? So, again, these, these a lot of these deals are complicated. We know Carr's deal was pretty complicated last year. And what did we – it felt like it started to pick up a little bit. We told you last year it was a one-year deal that he signed with the Raiders. This time, this is a two-year contract for Derek Carr. And when you say this, why do you say that? It, it's just because of the way the contract is structured, the way that it plays out. Um, essentially, it looks like it was a a thirty-two and a half million dollar deal for three years, but the third year isn't guaranteed. Um, it's essentially a two-year sixty. You could call it two-year 70, and I think they did that because that's what Derek Carr said he wanted was 35. Um, and he also said he wanted at least $35 million, um, annual average, and really they put a couple extra million that is kind of nonsense, and at the end to make it $37 million, uh, with language. But this is a two-year contract for $60 million. I know a lot of people are going to report that it's two-year 70, and that's fair because there, but there's 10 million of offset language for the third year. So basically, if he were to go somewhere else, they would not have to pay it. They would only have to pay it if he's not in the league at all three years from now. Uh, so I would say you go with two years, 60 million. Uh, that's what this contract is. And good contract, good for him. 30 million dollars, not bad. Yeah. But and it's better than what he was guaranteed if he had uh, chosen to work with yeah. the Raiders. With a trade. But you're seeing these reports out there, four years, $150 million. No, that's not it. And, you know, again, reported the splashy numbers last year, too. That wasn't the case. Uh, this time, four years, 150 that they're reporting. That's not really the deal that he's getting. Uh, the Saints are in salary cap turmoil. They had to structure a lot of this in a way that they can make it happen. In fact, uh, Derek Carr's 2023 base salary, $1.5 million. Again, he's guaranteed... He's guaranteed 60 over two years, for sure, and essentially 70. So but on the books in some ways, this is like Deshaun Watson, minus all the Deshaun Watson stuff. Well, it's Desha Deshaun Watson got fully guaranteed contract. But his first year, first year of the contract was not Right, right, sure, because they want – because of the Because he didn't want to get paid wanted, when he was he, sitting out yeah. for the suspension. Yeah, because the actual base salary is unpaid, so they made it almost nothing. Uh, in this case, it's not that. It's more of a salary cap, uh, you know, circumvention. But, uh, yeah, $1.5 million base salary for this year – Absolutely 
two years, sixty million, guaranteed, good contract, no question. And he, I'll say this: it's seven, he's guaranteed seventy million dollars, but the Saints are guaranteed two years, sixty million okay. in the contract. He said he wanted to be with an organization that strives to win championships and with a stable coach ownership situation. Did he nail it? I don't think so. Like he. He nailed, and, and we talked a lot about going to a place where you have potential to win. It is. Mostly because the division is trash. So uh, and, it's winnable. And, and the NFC is, appears to be more open well, we than talk, the we, AFC. It's what we talk about all the time. For right? upper mobility. Get to the playoffs. See what happens. Maybe you, know, you get to the playoffs. The Eagles and 49ers both lose early. And you know, who, who knows who you're playing. But get to the playoffs. And you have a path to get to the playoffs for sure. There's, they're going to have to make some moves in terms of salary cap and get rid of some players, but they've got really, really talented players on defense. They've got some talented players on offense. It's a division where you can absolutely win. The Buccaneers backed into it with, you know, with Brady last year and a bunch of talent, but uh, it was there for the taking. I mean, think about Carolina was there right to, right to the end. Like, yeah. You didn't even need a winning record to win that division. So he went to a division where there is a path to win, which I think was important to him. But the other stuff he said about – uh, you know, organizations that have shown that they'll do anything to win. Like, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, but it, it, there's a path to win there, and I think that's a big part of why you want to go. What are Derek Carr and the Saints hoping for with Kamara? July 31st court date here in town for the uh, brouhaha that went down at the Cromwell outside of Dre's. I mean, what, uh, do this, they want uh, it wrapped up quickly? Do they just settle, dude, and get it over with? I, I, I mean, I would think, honestly, if you want an honest answer of what they want, and this is not – I'm not making light of the situation. They want him in jail. Like, get out of the contract. That's what they want. Ooh, that's a good point. That, that would be ideal for them. I think they're probably behind the scenes, like, telling the DA, like, Let's get, can we get three years in jail? Can we make this happen? Can we get out of this contract? I mean, that's not going to happen, but that's an ideal world for yeah, the Saints. And I was talking more about the timeline. Like, they want this over quickly, or do they want it, you know, hey, let's uh – Let's delay the, the court date into September, October, while well, it's during the season. I mean, yeah. if it gets late enough, you'll have a judge cooperate and go, okay, it's after the season. Yeah, and I then think, the whole season is clear of any suspension from the NFL. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think in that case, they would probably want it resolved quickly and get the suspension first first six games of the year. Obviously, a six-game suspension. We right. all know that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's and the timing on July 31st is horrific. Awful. Right at the start of training So many camp. unknowns. Yeah, it's – that's not what you want. And the reason we bring it up, obviously, it's a Vegas news event, but also Derek Carr just signed a deal where he's, you know, he wants to win in these first couple of years, and then what, you know, could Kamara be out six games, eight games, ten games, depending on the severity of what comes out in court and then what the court hands down. Yeah, the, it, there's a lot of unknowns that are that are with that situation, and that was hanging over them all year last year. That didn't really matter because they, were, they weren't very good. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's something that you absolutely have to monitor. You have to watch. You have to figure out what they're going to be doing. I, I, I would think, like I said, I think that they would prefer if you're going to say there's going to be discipline from the league, when's it going to happen? I think they would want the first you know, six games of the year. But um, I think a more realistic situation is it gets pushed back again. It's, in, it's during the season. They somehow push, push the trial back after the season again and deal with this a year from now. Like That's probably what, the, what is more likely to happen than anything else. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's been a fluid situation for a long time. All right, so what do you think of what Lou Riddick said, that the Saints go right to the top of the NFC South? Yeah, there wasn't a long way to go. No. Um, again, I don't know. If you if The roster today, I would say probably. 
But there's going to be a lot of changes from all the other teams. In all the, league, the right? other the teams. Falcons have, the Falcons have space. Don't exactly know who their quarterback is, I guess. But um, if it is Ritter, which I, I don't really believe in, who knows? Do they get another quarterback, a veteran, to, to kind of play there until he's ready and fill in with a bunch of other talent? Because they've got, they've got space to do it. They've got maneuverability to do it. I think the Panthers looked really, really good at the end of last year, and I like Frank Reich. So they could be there. I, I think the only team that really, to me, looks like they're in a lot of trouble that can't win is the Bucks. Like That's the one team where you look at them and say, ah, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be able to be in the mix. But those, it's Falcons, Saints, Panthers. Yeah, it's, it's. I would, I would say that the Saints are slightly ahead. So Carr's got, as you put it, two for seventy or two for sixty. Within hours of finding out the money for Carr, we find out that Geno Smith has agreed to a deal with the Seahawks. Yeah, for basically just slightly more. Oof. Of which, to me, it just sounds like the Seahawks and Geno's side came into an agreement, and they said, "Let's do a deal." And they said, "Okay, let's wait and see what Cars is, and then we'll just make it slightly more." Which is how these markets are set sometimes. And it sounds like as soon as the Derek Carr deal is announced, let's go. Here's the Geno Smith deal. Uh, I haven't read through the details yet. It's on the surface three for 105, uh, but that sounds like it might have a lot of uh, bonuses and things like that in it. Uh, so we don't know exactly what the guaranteed – I'm sure we know. I haven't seen it yet as we've been here doing the show. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like they just waited and saw what the car deal was and, and slightly did better. I'm going to go extreme on this, but I thought John Schneider and Pete Carroll outsmarted just about everyone last year. First and foremost, the Broncos by trading the well, it wasn't a massive salary at the time. It was big, but then the Broncos decided to extend him, but basically saying it's our organization. We're not overpaying a guy that we don't believe in, we don't trust, and has some eh, character issues a little bit strong, but entourage issues. <laughs> I think they just freaking unraveled all that. It's a terrible deal. Yeah, I would agree. I, I can't believe they did this. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. They, got, right. they, they maxed out Geno Smith. Yeah. And I know they weren't going to get any – there really wasn't a possibility of getting anything for him, right? I don't think so. Well, right. I mean, you couldn't because he wasn't signed. Right. So, like, hey, you got a break. Why would you compound it? Well, it's not even compound it. Why would you sign him to this much money? It can't be this much money. When we see the terms of the yeah. deal, there's going to be. I would think it's so. going to be like fifty or forty guaranteed. It's going to be the same kind of thing, like a two-year out, and then they're free of like fifty million dollars on the back end. I mean, without even looking, I'm going to guess it's probably like sixty-one or seventy-one guaranteed. <laughs> it's whatever is just slightly more than what Cars is. Um, and they I'm, said, they probably said your value is just slightly more than whatever Derek Cars is. Who would you rather have? Oof. Car. Really? I was, like, you have to think? I think Car. Well, it depends where I am, too. If it's it's cold, it's bad weather in Seattle, I don't think I'd want Car. Um, I, I wouldn't want either <sighs> one of them. I think they're both mistakes, honestly. Yeah, I don't think for two years that Car's a mistake. I just, Geno Smith played the best he's going to play. And it's – I don't know that Geno's – I mean, I know the PFF numbers this year were, were good for most of the season. I don't know that Geno Smith is – even last year was as good as some of Derek Carr's best years. Yeah, I, and we That's also saw one. him completely fall apart down the stretch last year. Yeah, well <laughs> – Which I wasn't surprised <laughs> right, by. Not at all. Yeah. Wow. All right, so a lot of moving and shaking going on around the uh, National Football League. And as we mentioned about a half an hour ago, Josh Jacobs has or has been informed that he will be tagged. So – 
We'll see how the running back for the Raiders is going to react to that one. Coming up, let's get some news from around the NBA. I was gonna say, do you know who the top cap hit among quarterbacks is for both last year and this coming year? Ryan Tannehill. Really? Yes. I thought Stafford was due like something north of 70. It's Well, yeah, that's in, in guaranteed money that he has. Yeah, but the cap hit, uh, Ryan Tannehill for 2023. Oh, no, he's, he's top five. Uh, he was number one last year, top five for this year at almost $40 million against the cap. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. It's Cofield and Company live at the Thomas and Mac. Later in the show, we got to get to uh, what's going on with John Morant. That'll be in the five o'clock hour uh right now mountain west conference tournament you want to come out here tomorrow support the lady rebels unlvtickets.com the mw.com slash tickets is where you can grab the ticks uh right now here the opponent for the lady rebels tomorrow is being decided between the four and five seeds san diego state and new mexico at last look were tied at 58 we in the fourth quarter yet 60 to 58 515 left new mexico leads um, Lindy was you know, saying they're preparing for both, but I will say San Diego State played them much, much tougher than New Mexico did both times, the regular Down season. there and up yeah. here. And New Mexico were both blowouts. 60-60. San Diego State's got some size. They've got uh, Yummy Morris from TCU. They've got Mercedes Staples, who I think came in from Minnesota. It's a young lady named Prohaska. She might be my favorite player that I saw. In the, oh, um, McKenna Hoffshield is my favorite because she's ridiculous. Colorado State point guards like five foot four, and no one can get the ball from her, and just blow by and downhill whenever she wants. So you got to double the double the ball when she's got it to get the hell out of her hands. First but, time Colorado State has ever had a really good point guard in their history, right? Um, little Becky Hammond joke there. Sure. Uh, yeah, in the case of Prohaska, last time UNLV played San Diego State, I thought her and uh, Kennedy Winfrey were just going to th- start throwing hands. Like the physicality, I'm like, I'm here for this. Let's go. Winfrey got hit in the face again today. She's tough. She's tough. She's actually kind of the unheralded sophomore of the group for the Lady Rebels. So, it's actually it's actually why I thought uh, Lindy was was upset at the end of the game because uh, Winfrey just been hit in the head, and I was hoping she would just start trashing <laughs> Reno for hitting, having uh, for hitting her play in the face. But she she took the high road as she usually does. She was pretty respectful. Yeah. Although she's she's dialed in, she's yeah. very much dialed in. Yeah. Um, NFL news coming throughout the day. Fast and furious. Um, I saw a report talking about a guy that I would love to see play quarterback for the Raiders. I think Raiders fans would moan and groan about it, but do you know what I'm talking about? Brady? No. Rodgers? Because I also saw a report. There's There's been multiple things that Rich Eisen mentioned from basically just talking to people at in Indy. No, um, somebody walked away for the game, from the game for a year and was in the division for a long, long time. Apparently, he reached out oh. to Miami and San Fran. Oh. Philip Rivers. Do it. Let's do it. Well, he probably needs money from all the kids. What a conflict of interest! What a what a quandary I'd have in my house. True. With the SO, who is a Chargers fan, loves, loves, loves Herbert, but I think love Philip Rivers even more. Oh my God! I if do. old man Rivers. Floated to the way of Vegas and was the Raiders' bridge quarterback ahead of a guy they draft. Holy moly. 
I just assumed Chargers fans hated Rivers. Oh, I think it's very much split. Stinks. Very much split. He didn't stink. He didn't always come up big in the biggest times. I better not say that. I might be covering him this year. (laughs) Exactly. Get ready. Anything can happen in the National Football League.